What's up, y'all? Respect the Chat Podcast, episode 43. Oof. In spirit of this upcoming Super Bowl, mm-hmm. I figure we'll switch it up a little bit. Could you guys tell me who played in Super Bowl 43? Oh, my gosh. What year was that? Uh, I can't remember. We're on, what, 53? So 10 years ago. 10 years ago. I believe this is Super Bowl 53, correct? So 10 years ago. I want to say the Patriots and the Ravens. Nope. That was two. Oh, no. Patriots and Ravens can't be the Super Bowl, dog. They're both AFC. Right. That's (laughs) what I meant. I meant the the Patriots or the Ravens. Oh, no, no. You guys want me just to tell you? I say. You want to take another guess? The Colts versus somebody? Nope. Packers. Packers versus. uh, I'll tell you you one team the Steelers. Cardinals. And they won that year, right? Steelers, Cardinals. Yeah, against Kurt Warner, right? That unbelievable last minute catch by San Antonio Holmes in the corner. San Antonio Holmes, yeah. San Antonio. Yeah. Wow. With 35 seconds left, they take the lead back. Yeah. I should have got that. And what famous Mm -hmm. number 43 was on the Steelers? Troy Palomalu. Look how it all comes comes together here. Yes. Remember that game, though? Do you guys remember a couple events that happened in that game? Was that the game that um, Harrison got that fumble return to the touchdown? The interception, 100 yards. Yeah, that was. Right before half. Right before half. That was crazy. That was really crazy. That's still the longest interception return in uh, a Super Bowl. Is it? And that catch was during that Super Bowl, too? That catch was in that Super Bowl? That catch was unbelievable. The Steelers were winning 20 to 3 going into the fourth quarter. And the Cardinals came back and had a 16 unanswered points. So they went up 23 to 20. And that's when the Steelers had that last, uh, that last drive to, to win the game. Wow. That's and unbelievable. San Antonio Holmes won uh, MVP that game. Oh, boy. So just to switch it up, I thought that was pretty I like interesting. It. I like it. So since we're talking about Super Bowl, why don't we talk about the upcoming Super Bowl? Yes. We got the Rams versus the Patriots. Oh, my gosh. I finally figured out how to watch a Patriot game, I think. How's that? Um, because, listen, I, I got, like, teams that I like in all sports. There's only one team that I abs- that makes my blood boil watching uh, them play, and it's the Patriots. I don't hate watching the Red Sox play. <laughs> I don't hate watching LeBron play. Like, I could watch a LeBron game and not get mad. I can't watch a Patriot game and not get mad. I think I figured it out. You figured out why you get mad, or you figured out how to no, watch no, it without getting mad? No, no, I know why I get mad. mad. I think I figured out how to watch the game without getting mad. Let me How's hear why that? you get mad first. You just, you, Why do you get mad when yeah. you watch the Patriots? It's just every call goes for the Patriots, right? Mm-hmm. And and I don't it, agree with that, but okay. What? And have you ever seen a call go against the Patriots? What's 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 talking yeah. about the one play that happened in the in the recent game? Wait, wait, let me finish. It, okay, quick, go ahead. Just real quick. And Belichick is so good that even in these like simple schemes, people are always wide open. Mm-hmm. It's it's never that they're not open. No matter what the situation are, they could have one minute going into the second half. They're marching down the field, wide open, and nobody knows how to stop it. And it makes me blood red mad. They find those. They they find the matchups. That's what it is. They all game. He's key. He's watching what the defense is doing. And it's yeah. not rocket science. They're simple plays, but nobody can. But stop But that's them. not really Belichick, though. That's Josh. Uh, What's his name? Josh McDaniels. McDaniels. He's I mean, the offensive coordinator. It's been coordinator. going on since Belichick's been there, so he yeah. has a major part of that. No. Yeah, hundred percent. I think it's both. I think it's everybody in there. Um, I think what makes them so special. I don't get frustrated watching them because I just see it for it being like greatness, and I'm happy that I get to witness it. I'm jealous that my team isn't consistently as good as the Patriots. 
I would love my team to be as consistent as them. I don't think there's any other team in sports history that is consistent as the New England Patriots and what they do year after year, given the guys that they have. They're the only team that could do it. I think they're the only team that could do it without superstars. They made it work where they bring guys in on their scheme, teach a guy to scheme, everyone does their job, and they win games. I think the most important thing is, is uh, I think their defense is really good every year, and it just they're not like flashy good. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They don't have the guys out there, or maybe the numbers, but they hold teams to where they need to hold them. They stop them when they need to stop them. They get a turnover every now and then, and they put Tom Brady in a good position score-wise to not to score a million points. Well, I, th- I think Patriot football is like watching a chess game. Mm-hmm. And everybody else is playing checkers, mm-hmm. right? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like everybody else is just playing all-star football, mm-hmm. and Belichick is breaking it down scientifically, mm-hmm. and he always figures out where the weaknesses are. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And and because I'm a football fan, and I like that kind watching that kind of technical football, mm-hmm. it's like I just want someone to put up a fight. I don't want to keep seeing the same yeah. chess guy win. Yeah. You know, I, I want to see the battle go back and forth. Mm-hmm. And, and it just seems like the, the difference between the, the football IQ is always so much in the Patriots' favor, no matter who they're playing, that it gets frustrating for me. Yeah. I, they played the Chiefs last week, right? Yes. And Andy Reid is top of the game knowledge of football, right? You would, everyone would agree on that. But where I think Belichick gets the upper hand is he's just as smart, obviously, Andy Reid is, as of Belichick. But when it comes down to it, it's the play call and the the equality of the play call, the run and the pass, when they happen, what time of the game they go on, what they're okay with doing, giving up field position, punting, letting the defense come back. But it's so – their offense is so – got so much balance – their team has so much balance that it's just tiring after a while, that they just know what to do, play after play, drive after drive. Nothing is forced. Yep. When they lose is when they just make a slight mistake or they don't get something going their way. But like Frankie said, the scheme, at least to me, is pretty simple what they're doing on offense. You know what I'm saying? But they don't run any deep plays down the field, so you know you don't have to worry about that. Everything's going to be in front of you on the defense, and they still beat you, and they still get you with angles and calls and keeping you off balance. It just it, it doesn't matter because the way they play the Chiefs is not the way that they're going to play the Rams. The, the game plan right, is so right. much different, mm-hmm. and it, it's custom fit for the opponent that they're playing, and, and that's where the major difference, I think, is. Andy Reid might have like looked at game film and tried to find some weaknesses in the Patriots' defense right when he was calling his offense, mm-hmm. but he wasn't building a whole new offense around the Patriots' team mm-hmm. like Belichick is. When it, comes to the, when it comes to the playoffs, Belichick is like systematically breaking down these teams mm-hmm. and figuring out what plays are going to work. And those are the plays that he's running that game. The offense can look totally different week to week. So you really don't even know what to game plan for. Right. You really can't. I mean, 
I mean, how many Patriots games have you seen where a running back went off for like 150 yards rushing the next game? He's you don't even see him on the field. Yeah. Or a receiver that goes off besides the Edelman and and Gronk, who are mm-hmm. the consistent guys. But Sony Michelle had that amazing game against the Chargers. He barely played against the Chiefs. No, he he still had a good game. He had like 126 rushing yards in that game. Mm-hmm. But I guess like when you're watching, it wasn't as dominant as his performance right. against the Chargers. What you're trying to say. But uh, let's just talk about that Chiefs-Patriots game real quick. We'll break down both the games before we get to our opinion on the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Chiefs, I mean, they had they had multiple opportunities to win that game. D4 jumped yeah. off sides when they had that pick. Mm-hmm. And then they had that, I think, is – I guess when you look at the rule book, you can't do what that defender did. Was that D4 again that did that uh, put his hand in front of uh, Tom Brady's face? I don't and know. they called it – un- un- Jones. Jones, yeah. Why can't you do that? I Why guess do you, you think you can't do that. He had the ball. He I know. didn't hit him in the there's head. Some yeah, type he hit him of, in the face. There's some type of the rule face. where you can't like, hit the head. He, he hit him in the shoulder. No, he hit him in the face mask too. I agree. It's it's listen, it, it's football and I don't think it should have been yeah. called. But according to their rule, you touch the guy in the face, they're gonna call it. But here's the thing, like uh you know, we were talking about the UFC fight with a Dillashaw and Cejudo. Mm-hmm. You said that, like these refs have to understand the situation yeah. and the buildups to these matchups, and how to not call a fight too early, or how to not maybe make certain calls. To you know, like you have to understand the situation, and like I understand it's in the rules. I think it, the ref could, was behind. He the, was. He and, was. And maybe it it looked like he hit him worse in the face than he actually did. Mm-hmm. But in that case, then you you discuss it with the rest of the refs and you pick the flag up. Yeah. You know what? I think there needs to be more of that. I think there needs to be more of the refs either making a call, just make the call, and then get together, talk about it right there. What did you see? What did you see? Okay, where was this guy's angle, that guy's angle? And then either pick the flag up or let it go. I think there needs to be more of that. I think that could have happened. Obviously, we'll talk about that other game later on with the pass interference. could have happened the same way. But you know what? The refs have too much influence right now in sports on big pivotal games, and something needs to change. And we could talk about that, you know, in now, or we could talk about that a little bit later. I was um, with Ant, and we discussed some things that we think, you know, could have been differently that they could start doing differently. Um, when I was getting my freshy haircut last nice. week, shout out to I Ant. think I think the Patriots deserved at the end of the day, to win that game. Because when it came down to it, they made the plays. I mean, there was calls missed on both sides, right? So uh, that game's a little bit different, but that that Saints-Rams game. I mean, either one of these games could have went to either team depending on how the refs called the game, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But that Saints-Rams game was ridiculous. Now, staying with the Patriots-Chiefs game, Mm -hmm. as much as we could blame the refs for those couple calls at the end, but what about Tom Brady converting four times, I believe it was, on that last drive with like third and ten? Yeah. So here's the thing. you ha- As a defense, you have the offense in a third and ten situation or more, mm-hmm. and you're giving up first downs. You, you're in the conference championship game. You have to step up a little better than that and, and play better defense. We're watching the game, and Tony Romo's calling what's going to happen. Yeah. There was fourth and inches. He's like, oh, look, at their audible. It's going to be a wide right run. Boom. There goes so- Sony Mitchell to the right touchdown. I, un- like, I understand that everyone's keying on, and I know Tony Romo's football IQ is crazy, but absolutely the defense knew also which one, that one of those were coming. It's just guessing the right one. And, and a lot of the times when you play the Patriots, you're wrong. Yeah, mm-hmm. but 
But it's crazy to me how he called three like he called a lot of plays, but those three plays at the end that were you don't think ridiculous the defensive to me coordinator is, knew what those plays were going to be. So, so, so why weren't why wasn't your defense more prepared? The ones the one play they 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 pushed Gronk all the way out wide, and he, Tony Romo said, "Look, he's one on one on the outside. They're going to throw it up deep to him." So why isn't the safety creeping over? Because a if bit? the safety creeps over, then Tom Brady kills that play and goes to the next play. That that makes somebody else wide Listen, open. It's the NFL. These safeties aren't dumb. You don't show Tom Tom Brady you're going to creep over to Gronk's side. But when he hikes the ball, maybe maybe you cheat a little bit more over there. You know what I mean? And they threw it up to Gronk. He gets a touchdown. And then they come out. Gronk's wide. Edelman's in the, in, in the slot. He's like, look it. He's going to hit Edelman right down the middle. Boom. Hits Edelman. Like, it's just he's watching the game. You are a team that's prepared for it's, a it's full easy week. to say that, though. I, it is. But I'm just I, – isn't it pretty crazy? You don't think it's – I, th- I think just like Romo knew, the defensive coordinator knew, and probably the the key people on defense knew, but if if the Patriots come out in a certain formation and you have an idea of what they're going to do and then you adjust your defense there and then he kills the play and goes to something else real quick and hikes the ball, I mean, a lot of times they catch you off guard. It, it's a, it's a, that's football, right? Yeah. I just... I- I and mean, I think the Patriots are the best at that out of everything. Tom Brady's been playing in the NFL for how long at, at the highest level? He knows what the defense is going to do. Yeah, you you're not cheating and and you're not you're not hiding schemes from from Tom Brady at this point in in his career. He's going to tell if you're in a cover two. He's going to tell if you're in a cover three. He's going to tell where the man is. He knows what's going on, mm-hmm. and it's almost impossible to trick him. And that's why they're getting these wide open matchups. Well, I think the other part here is I look at like the stats from the game, right, is regardless if the defense knows what they're doing or not, the defense is tired, whoever's playing the Patriots, at least from this game, right? The Patriots possessed the ball for 43 minutes wow. and 59 Out seconds. 60. Probably 40, so Ooh. say 44 minutes. Well, they had overtime too. So right, I okay, so no problem. But 44 minutes and the Chiefs had possession of the ball for 20 minutes. Dang, that's a big difference. It's a huge difference, right? Huge difference. Defense is getting tired on the field. I think it's a huge stat that you brought up before, Rich, of first downs, right? Passing first downs for the Patriots, 20. Rushing first downs for the Patriots, 15. On third down efficiency, they were 13 for 19. The Chiefs for four, were 4 for 9. The Chiefs just didn't have enough. You know, didn't have enough possessions. And how crazy, just real quick, how crazy is it when you're looking at those stats? Like, wouldn't you thought that would have been opposite with the high-power yeah, offense that so. the Chiefs had? Yeah, and you would think this is opposite. Total yards on offense for the Patriots, 524. Total yards for the Chiefs, 290. It's pretty crazy. Passing yards, Brady, 348. Mahomes, 249. Brady, 30 for 46. Mahomes, 16 for 31. I he, think Not I, enough completed passes. I yeah. think that the Chiefs started to figure out the Patriots' defense at the end of the game, and then they couldn't stop them. But yeah. it, it threw them off so much at the beginning of the game that, that they it took them like at least, what, two quarters to start to figure out that defense and figure out how they were able to score. Mm-hmm. And that's I think that that's the um the greatness of the patriots you know they came mm-hmm. out totally different they were pressing them man every time they weren't letting them off the line it threw off the young quarterback they were rushing him and it took them a while to figure that out and the patriots had had the chiefs defense figured out from the jump mm-hmm. and that was the difference of the game 
Yeah, and the, and to, to speak at least for this game once again on the penalties, the Patriots had six penalties against them for 61 yards. The Chiefs had four penalties against them for 28 yards. So the the, the penalties are called. Brady threw two picks. Mahomes threw none. You know what I'm saying? The rushing attempts for the Patriots were 48 attempts compared to 12 for the Chiefs. Like, you know what I'm saying? You look at these stats and you see why they won the game. Yeah. That's what they do, though. The balance of what they do against you consistently throughout the game, consistently year after year, is why they continue to win over and over and over again. It's unreal. And they're only going to do what works. Yep. If running the ball is working, they'll run the ball 100 times a game. They don't care. Until you stop the run, they'll do that. If if passing it to Edelman is working, they'll pass it to Edelman 10 times in a row. They don't care. No, definitely not. They don't care whatsoever. i seen another stat. He just wanted to see some sacks. I'm going to hit though. you with one more question while you're looking at that. About this yeah. game, and we'll move on to the next one. Brady wasn't sacked at all, wow. by the way. Um, that's that's a major way you lose to the Patriots, by the way. And they were and they sacked him four times. Wow, that's the key to beat the Patriots. Every time yeah. you see the Patriots lose, it's because Tom Brady has pressure on him. Mm-hmm. But uh, my last question, and before we move on to the next game, I heard it on on the radio this week, and I was like, and I thought about it. I just want to see what you guys think. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning of that game, the coin toss goes up. The Chiefs win once again. The Chiefs won a coin toss. Remember that crazy stat we we gave? Yep. So they won the coin toss. They deferred the ball to the second half, so they gave the Patriots the ball. Huge mistake. Now, that's the question. Would you have took the ball? With, you're at home. That crowd is going crazy. You had that high-power offense. Wouldn't you want to take the ball, go down the field, and score quick, get up, have the fans into this game? Instead, they deferred the ball. They kick it to the Patriots. The Patriots have a 10-minute drive and score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So now all your offense is on the field, on the sideline, in the cold, sitting for another 10 minutes. The crowd's waiting 10 more minutes to see this offense. You're already down by seven. Do you think if they if they would have switched, they would have took the ball first, drove down? Who, who, who even knows what would have happened if they would have been able to drive down the field? Mm-hmm. But do you think if they would have switched that, took the ball instead of deferring, it might have changed that game a little bit? You know how, how certain yeah. momentum and certain things happen and the results different? Mm-hmm. Do you think it would have been different in this game? I don't think so. I, I like to defer, especially at home, because you want the crowd noise to affect the offense, right? So so while that crowd is all amped up, you want that noise at the beginning on the opening drive against the against the, the visiting team so they feel your crowd, you know, I think. But you got to get a stop. It doesn't matter, you know. You got to get a stop. The defense got to get a stop. That that doesn't matter for the coin toss. I'm, I think the majority of teams now are deferring to the second half, right? I, yeah. I think more than, than not, that's what they're doing. No, that, People yeah, that's want the ball want. at the second yeah. half. That's what teams want. Yeah. But the you know, it was just an interesting question. Like, if you would have switched, had that offense on the field first, do you think you know momentum yeah. would have been more on the Chiefs throughout that whole game instead of having the fans quiet a, down and the offense sit on the field longer? It's a be, scary on the thing because you go three and out. And then the <laughs> Patriots scored, and now you don't even get the ball at the second half. Yeah. You know? No, they. So, I, I I can't find it. I was trying to look for it. the Patriots record getting the ball out of, you know, coming out of halftime. I'm pretty sure it's really good. Um, I've heard it before. I would have, def- if I get that, you know, I say I make the choice on the Chiefs, I take the ball first. I get on the field. I let the crowd get behind me. I get up a touchdown on these guys. I don't let them meticulously drive down the field on me or get any momentum on me. I score first. And I don't, you know what I'm saying, give them the ball at halftime, okay, fine, no problem. 
you know. Get, I mean, getting the ball halftime for the Chiefs. But the problem is, is I feel like if you get up on the Patriots and you score enough points early on them, you could shock them a little bit. Then you could play your style defense. You could start blitzing them a little bit. You can get them out of the, standing out of that pocket a little bit because you have a touchdown, you're up. Maybe a touchdown in the field goal. I would have took the ball first if I was the Chiefs and tried to drive down the field. Yeah, That's I, what I would have done. I agree with you, Mike. But uh, let's get into this next game uh, that happened. Saints versus Rams. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's only really one play we got to discuss. Yeah, yeah. And that's at the end, that non-call for pass interference. Well, great which, game, right? Oh, yeah, great game. Definitely a great game. Did you know that player got fined for a helmet-to-helmet hit? Yeah, but there was no penalty called. Why are you finding a guy for no pen- for nothing? You could, Can they uh, do that? I would have ki- killed you for that. They could do that? Yeah. They, 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 every game is reviewed by refs. Okay. And afterwards... If a Whether call they threw was, the flag or not, they could find players okay. who had hits that weren't picked up. Okay. But it's just funny how that play wasn't called for a penalty, mm-hmm. but they find a guy for a, an illegal hit. Yeah. Can I read you the statement by the tight end? Uh, well, or, uh, ben Ben it? Watson. Yeah. yeah. It says, Commissioner Goodell, we all realize that football is an imperfect game, played, coached, and officiated by imperfect people. What occurred last Sunday in New Orleans, though, was outside of that expected and accepted norm. Your continued silence on this matter is unbecoming of the position you hold, detrimental to the integrity of the game, and disrespectful and dismissive to football fans everywhere. From the locker room to Park Ave, accountability is what makes our league great. Lead by example, we are waiting. How do you feel about that statement? What does he want to get? Excuse me, Rich. I don't mean to jump right in there, but like, what is he trying to get out of that? A, a statement. He just wants what? Roger Cadell to say something. He hasn't said a word what's, since it happened. What, what is that going to do? Just, uh, just acknowledge the yeah. situation. And what does that do? You're still at home. Yeah, it, but it doesn't the, prob- matter. the problem but, is not Roger Goodell, and the problem is not hearing what the, what he has to say. Because who, frankly, cares? Well, we what don't he has want to this say. to happen again, right? It does has nothing to do with him, though. It has to well, do with the, the referees. It has to do with the referees and what they're doing. They are terrible right now in the NFL. I, I get it. The game is fast. I get it. it plays a uh, but if you thought that, wouldn't you want the commissioner to come out and say that then that well, the, that the officiating has been bad this year and next year we're going to make an effort. To but make they ain't it gonna. They're not gonna but they should they should and him saying something is whatever maybe it makes him feel good about it but it would it would whether he said something or not my problem is with the head of officiating whoever that guy is he i want to hear from him i want to hear what he's going to do next year i want to hear how he's going to handle these guys because listen everyone makes mistakes at work i get it no problem but these guys are paid to be nfl um, receivers and uh, referees, and if you're gonna blatantly miss a blatant call, blatant call, you not fired. I I would never want that guy fired. He has a livelihood, and he made a mistake, and I got no problem with that. But like, he can't then obviously coach the Super Bowl, and he has to go to maybe watch some film of what's going on. You know what I'm saying? The whole crew does. I'm sure that's going to happen. They but, do do that. But there is they things do do. that the commissioner can do also. Why? I mean, why can't we review flag uh, calls next year? Okay, so that's the other part, and I got no problem with that, and that's what I was talking about with Ant. If that's what we want to start discussing, then yeah. But Ben Watson, who cares what the what he says? I care. I would like him to come out and say something. Me too. I'm, I'm in the same boat Makes as him. That make you feel good? Yeah. It'll listen, make me feel like next year we're going to move in a positive let's direction. Just say, well, let's, you let's would want him it. to say then that next year we're going to look at 
how we officiate games working with these refs. Yeah, yeah, no. I don't want him to take blame for the call. No, this or or put, say that put, put I, it, I don't care what he says about the call. Put it this call. way. Just say you're going to get better. Say yeah. you're at your job, something happens mm-hmm. and it involves you. Yeah. And then like you're 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 questioning it. You're wondering what's going on. But your head up boss isn't going to come talk to you or explain it to you. You're not going to want him to explain why you got in trouble or why this certain situation happened. You you, no, you, would, want, you, I, you would want to know an answer yeah, or, yeah. or at least hear something, right? So it's the same thing with them. I'd rather they hear. just want to hear the commissioner say something. He is the head of football. Mm-hmm. He is the commissioner. Mm-hmm. You can't just sit back and say nothing. Say, listen, we, uh, we understand the, 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 the call wasn't – you know, might have went the wrong way. We're going to look into it more. We're going to have this refing crew mm-hmm. take some classes and watch so they could get better at it. Yeah. Just make a statement. That's fine. You know? Yeah, that's fine. I can understand. I'm not, I'm I can not, understand where it's coming from. But for me personally, I wouldn't care. And me as a Saints fan, I wouldn't care yeah, what he has you're, to say. You're already home. You're, it's not, you're not playing. It's game over. And the other part is I'd rather my supervisor, my boss, or the guy in the league give me praise when I do something good and when something good happens and recognize me for that. And when I make a mistake, build up that guy, help that guy get like, Oh yo, you know, help this guy get more classes, more training, whatever it may be to help correct this. Yeah. Because that play absolutely dictated the game and what happened. So listen, shout out to Dominic, our cousin and, and, and his, and his dad and his father, Donnie, who's one of my favorite people in the world. Two of my favorite people, man, um, and family. I love them. But listen, the Saints are supposed to be in the <laughs> Super Bowl, bro. All you Rams fans out there, like, congratulations. But for me, I'm telling you right now, if that was the Cowboys and they did that play and they didn't make and they were in the Super Bowl, I would feel some type of way about it. I would feel some type of way. I want it to be blatant, flat out, I won this game, and that's that. Yeah. You know um, what I'm saying? So how do you correct that? Let's talk about that because that's even more important. You throw the flag. Or you don't. Because you see it. You see something happens, right? You throw the flag. You make the call. And you get together, right? Before you make the call, you get together, which they've done millions of times before. And they say, yo, did anyone see that, what happened? Was it a a penalty? No? Okay. Pick it up. It was a penalty. You've seen it. You ran right into the guy. Blatant penalty. Okay, keep it. And you go with it. You've seen flags picked up numerous oh, times yeah. before. Numerous times. And it comes back to these refs have to understand. So just call it. Yeah. They have to understand the situation of this game, right. the time that's left, and the impact it's going to make right. of not getting this call right. Because if you don't call it, it's hugely detrimental to the game. If you do call it, you could still correct it. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Here's maybe, the thing. maybe they should. They got to start like in that point of the game, with that amount of time left, fourth quarter, two minutes left, whatever it is. You got to be able to. The refs got to be able. If something controversial happens like that, you got to be able to review that because it dictates the game. Or you got to have the coach throw a flag, a penalty flag. Like I want to challenge. There should have been a penalty there. There has to be a correction within the game. I'm okay with the game slowing down at that moment right there because it's a playoff game. There's not many games left during the year. Okay, you know. Maybe it's not looked at as much. You could still do it and keep the rule, but it's got to be in place. Something has to be in place to review these games. Maybe, maybe a simple fix is, uh, would be just having um, in, in a two-minute warning where the, the, the refs in the booth 
they could call if a play has to reverse or something like that. Yeah. And they and they call down to the main ref. That's when they should have a voice up in that booth or wherever they may be. Mm-hmm. Like, listen, that was a penalty. I think you should relook at it. Mm-hmm. And they look at it real right. quick. You know, stop even, the game, look at it. Yeah. Even if you don't want like all game long, because flags could be like yeah. really, but at least in the last two minutes, you got to be able to read. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So the last two minutes, you got to figure because that's dictating that, yeah. the game. What's going on? The here. last two minutes of the second half, the last two minutes of the game, especially for playoffs, th- th- something's got to happen. There's got to be an extra ref in the booth somewhere yep. looking at the film. If they don't want to leave it up to the to the coaches, there's mm-hmm. got to be another guy. There's no way that we should be able to see it sitting on the couch. But these guys got to be running up and down a football field when there's cameras literally all around. Yeah, have someone sitting in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, penalty. You guys didn't call that, but that's a penalty. Yeah, the flag needs to be thrown. The ref that's watching the monitor yeah. seen it. It's it's very simple. And it's the same thing as a play. As mm-hmm. If if you get that call and the ref throws a flag before the next play, then mm-hmm. you can review it. Yeah. So give like, you know, like with a, a catch or something that's reviewable, if the offense gets up and they could get called next play mm-hmm. before the the flag comes out or whatever. Right. Same same type of rule yes. to keep the game moving and keep it where it's a quick decision mm-hmm. so you're not dragging out the game a yeah. little longer than you're I'm supposed okay to. with dragging it out right there, you know? It's 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 a one game. It's one game. It's There's not, not like many games. Football is 5 hours long either like it's a baseball game, mm-hmm. you know? It it could be a little bit longer. During the year it may be that but yo, that that play is so and listen the Rams fans, man, I love you, and you had a great season, and you played a phenomenal game. They played a phenomenal game, but that play dictated who went to the Super Bowl right there. You know what I'm saying? And here's the other part. Passing first downs, 19 for the Rams, 19 for the Saints. Rushing first downs, 5 for the Rams, 5 for the Saints. Third down efficiency, 6 for 16 the Rams, 6 for 14 the Saints. Total plays, 68 for the Rams, 64 for the Saints. I mean, this game was passing yards, 301 for the Rams, 242 for the Saints. It's neck and neck. I got an obscure stat about it's that game It's neck and neck, the game. Possession, possession, 32 minutes for the Rams, 30 minutes for the Saints. I mean, it's dead even. Yeah. So one play dictated what yeah. happened, and you needed to get it right, and you didn't, and... I get it. Did you know that the Rams won that game while leading? They were leading during that game for exactly zero minutes. Crazy. They never had a lead during that whole game. Crazy. And they somehow won. Absolutely crazy. Wow. You know, it's it's unbelievable. And the way that both these teams played all year was great. It's sad to see it come down to that play, you know, one play like that then. I One agree. call like that. But let's give praise to one of the guys sitting right here. Preseason prediction. Mike predicted the Rams and Patriots in mm, Super Bowl. I looked at that paper. It's a little, the handwriting on the Rams Yo, is a little off, but that's the that only. I could easily say Vikes. No, 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 no. There's, that's definitely, that the definitely says Rams. The handwriting is very controversial. Yes. <laughs> oh, I need like an analysis or something. <laughs> I'm not going to speak say, on it. I, I'm not <laughs> that guy who, who plays for the Rams who just admitted it right away that he made a mistake. All we got to do is go back I'm, to the episode and see what you actually I'm very, said. I'm very mum about see what this. what he said. And I'll just let it happen. <laughs> I'll take the glory. I appreciate it, Rich. I th- Listen, I think what happened is I crossed it out. when we. I believe we made the picks, and then maybe a couple months later, once the season was going on, we were able to adjust it a little bit. I thought that's what yeah, we, we said. Yeah, we were able to adjust it. Whatever it may have been. 
Patriots, and I and I'm almost positive I picked the Rams. Almost positive. I, I know what the chicken scratch says there on the paper, <laughs> but I think I, I I'm gonna go Rams Patriots. You know, I, like I said in the I'm jump. gonna give you it. Appreciate I'm it, Rich. It. I appreciate it very much. Either so. way, you were only even if it was the Vikes, that was like one team off. So yeah, very impressive to to pick that without seeing a single football game. Yeah, you know what you you know what man, it's just like the I wish so bad that the Cowboys franchise was like the Patriots because they just are so good. Patriot fans every year can start their season and end their season knowing that they played great. Yep. I and think it's just like you never feel – you never like, man, my team played good, but then they fell apart. And that, 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 There's never like – you never question anything. You never feel a certain way. You're just pumped about what they're doing and where they finish. I think this oh. was their 13th year in a row in the conference championship game. For the AFC. Right. And since 2001, they're ninth time in the Super Bowl. Crazy. So Unreal. So how I'm going to watch the, the Patriots play in the Super Bowl this, mm. this year is I'm going to root hard for the Rams, but bet on the Patriots. That's a good move. This way, if the Patriots somehow pull it out, I'm like, all you right, still win. I want money. Yeah, you got to bet on them. <laughs> you got to start winning with them. You know what I'm saying? Very, very interesting Super Bowl head coach-wise. Because Sean McVay is a the genius youngest. as he well. Just turned thirty-three. Super genius. Yo, how about this? I showed um, I showed Rich this. Unbelievable, unbelievable coaching matchup we have. That, young, that's really cool. Youngest quarterback ever in the Super Bowl, Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. Youngest coach ever in the Super Bowl, Sean McVay. Yeah. Is it the oldest quarterback in the Super Bowl too? Yeah. And the oldest coach? Probably not the oldest. <laughs> I don't coach. think it's the oldest the coach, oldest but coach, definitely but oldest yeah. quarterback. Did you know that Sean McVay beat out Calvin Johnson for Georgia High School Player of the Year in 2003? Wait, what? Sean McVay did? Yeah. <laughs> beat out Calvin Johnson? Yep. What did Sean McVay play? Uh, he played wide receiver Wide receiver and yeah, Ohio. Yo, there's something wrong there. Miami, wide receiver Ohio. and quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get it. It's fine. But there's something wrong there. Some, uh, that's a real. That's a real stat. Yeah, I, I believe it's a real stat, but that's controversial. There was a stat too where there's Edelman, no way that dude beat out one of the best receivers ever, six foot ten, two hundred beat, beat pounds, out. speed catching, one of the best. <laughs> and he went to Miami, Ohio, ever, <laughs> ever. No, no, this was high school. Oh, but I know. So, and he went to Miami of Ohio College. Yeah. And Calvin Johnson went to Georgia Tech. Oh, well, you look at the two of them and. You know yeah. when you're yeah. when Yo. you're recruiting them for college. Quick fun stat: I seen Calvin Johnson play in college. That's pretty cool. I, I, I was at Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech. Me, Mabel, and and our boy Weber drive down, drive down. It was one of the best drives, best times. West Virginia, to, you said to Virginia Tech. Yeah, Virginia Tech. We went okay. Because Mike, because Mike Weber. Mike Mabel, Mike Weber, Mike Paleno all got in the whip, drove down to Virginia Tech. Unbelievable school. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Stadium, beautiful. The people were cool. The game was Virginia Tech. I Georgia think, Tech? Yeah, versus Georgia Tech. I think Mar- Marcus Marcus Vick was the quarterback then. Is that his name, Mike's yeah, yeah. brother? Mark- I think so. Well, he was the quarterback. And, and what's his name? Was the receiver on Georgia Tech, Calvin Johnson? We were right in the end zone. Crazy. Eating the hokey leg, man. <laughs> it was crazy. That's pretty cool. Crazy. What's uh we're not gonna go deep into the Super Bowl. I mm-hmm. figure we could save that we for next week, week yeah. Yeah. podcast. So let's not O D on it this week. But let's just pick our predictions this week. Who do you think's gonna win the Super Bowl? And pa- then we'll get back to it next Patriots. week. I think the Patriots are gonna win. I got the Rams. I want the Rams to win. 
but I'm I, I think the Patriots are going to somehow pull it out. Mm-hmm. I just think the old coach is going to out as much as Sean McVay is a great coach. I just think Belichick's going to somehow out coach him. You know, like yeah, man, it's it's it's, uh, it's something weird like that's going to happen. It's the Patriots in a Super Bowl. They somehow win all the time. I know. This will be their sixth. It, how crazy is that? It's crazy. It's just crazy what they do and how they prepare. I think this is going to be a good game. I think I think if the Patriots—I know we're going to break this down next week, but I think if the Rams can run the ball efficiently, they could beat the Patriots. I think that's what will help them. If Todd Gurley has a big game, which he hasn't in the past couple games, you know he's been pretty quiet. I think if he explodes— he can he could be the guy who determines the Rams being the Super Bowl champs or not. I think it comes down to the pass rush. Always does against the Patriots. Mm-hmm. That's the key of beating them. Look at every big game that Tom Brady's lost. It's because there was pressure on him. Everyone. Mm-hmm. But uh, what's the Pro Bowls this week? You okay. guys interested in it? Nope. I'm a little bit. I watched the skills challenge the other day. That's pretty cool where they play dodgeball and they run the gauntlet and they do the the receiver drills and stuff like that. That was pretty cool. That so, part's cool. Yeah. But what about, like, the game? The game is just tough to watch because I don't feel like those guys should be hitting each other. You know, I feel like they're off for the last Nor couple weeks. Nor do they, by the way. No. They haven't so. really been training. I yeah. feel like they've been relaxing and now they're and throwing pads out. on and they're – you know, I, I don't want to see any injuries. I don't want to see guys get hurt. I don't want to see any of that. I'd rather – I would. it would be way more fun if it was a flag football game. Well, that was my next question. Yeah. What would be something they could add to Pro Bowl week with these, you know, these events that they do, right. these small dodgeball, the wide receiver, the drill, uh, the game? Like what's something that you guys would change if you guys could to make it more exciting? Because – a lot of people aren't excited for the Pro Bowl. Like mm-hmm. I completely forgot it was this week. Yeah, I, I was turned on Sports Center the other day, and like they're showing highlights of the activities. I'm like, oh crap, the Pro Bowls this week. Mm-hmm. And I completely forgot about it. Yeah. I think they should put more emphasis on the other stuff and get rid of the game. Like, how cool would it be to have a huge dodgeball game to to uh, see who's and then give it give the uh, either the NFC or the AFC something like home field advantage or something. Mm-hmm. Whoever wins the huge dodgeball game they play on Sunday. You know, I would watch that. Yeah, I'd watch if it was a flag football game. Because they're super mind athletes. That, man. Yeah, I want to see these guys compete. I want to see these guys run drills. I want to see that. So I would love to see like a, you know, seven on seven, you know, yep. flag, flag football, football game just for fun so I could see them out there playing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I think it's the, well, that and hockey are the two sports that I still haven't figured out why they play an all-star game. The game is too physical f- to play at a, to play, not play at full speed. The game is way too physical to not play at full speed. And when you don't play at full speed, you get hurt. And when your body isn't ready for it, you know, you. I just feel like there's way. Basketball is so successful because it's like you can play like a regular loose pickup game. You know what I'm saying? It's like effortless. You know, guys could slow down a little bit. Guys could take it easy. They understand the magnitude of the game. You could play into it. It's just like hockey and football, man. I don't know why it exists still. I get you could still name people all-stars. and You could still name people all pros, you know, pro bowlers, which is the two different things. Pro bowl, you can still name them pro bowlers, but don't play the game. Don't play it yeah. like with shoulder pads on. Yeah. I, you, go uh, ahead, Frank. You got you, – you have to realize how powerful these guys are. Did you see Jamal Adams tackled <laughs> the Patriots mascot like as a joke? Mm-hmm. Like he's seen him and then he was like talking to fans like, I'm going to tackle him. And he laid him out like nice, like tried to hold up. 
just as a joke. Yeah, yeah. He sent him to the hospital. I'm, is that that's serious? a normal guy. <laughs> Did he seriously send him to the he hospital? Sent him to the hospital. Yeah, I don't doubt that, man. It's the mascot. You yeah, can't take a hit that. from a from a professional football <laughs> no. player, even if he's going twenty percent. No, you get hospitalized. Yes, hundred percent, bro. The the magnitude of those guys' power and speed it's is unreal. The reason why they're out there, and you may think that that guy stinks, and we joke around like that guy stinks. We're just mm. we're just saying that, but but that guy is an elite human being at his sport. You know what I'm saying? My boy TJ, you guys know TJ and Claire. My boy TJ, I don't know his measurements, but I'm just gonna throw out there that he's about what rich, tall wise, six four. You think so? Six four, six five, right? About that. Was he? I'm five ten, and he's the most six six. The yeah. most we'll give him, right? So say he's six five. How much do you think he weighs? Two eighty. Yeah. Right. When he hugs me. When I give him a pound and I embrace him, I'm engulfed. He engulfs me. He is what an NFL lineman could look like, except if he had the speed and probably a little more power, he would destroy me. <laughs> so when he hugs me, I'm just the first thing that goes in my head is like, oh my gosh, I can't imagine what Darren Sproles, <laughs> right? Baker Mayfield, and the guys yeah. around my height, not even the guys like, you know, a little bit bigger, like you guys are. Like, I can't even imagine. Those guys still get hit hard. But like my size, destroyed. Destroyed. It's absolutely destroyed. Yeah. Like, I just want to nuzzle inside of him and, I, it could, you know, <laughs> feel comfy. Man, I can't imagine getting hit. got a hit. massage today, so he's feeling a little, a little bit. Um, I feel good today, man. <laughs> yeah, let's put it like that. Shout out to Trigger Point Massage. My girl Jackie, miraculous, man, on 739. Check her out if you need a massage and listeners need something, man, you will, your body will transform and you will feel like Gumby. Did they pay for that advertisement? No, she don't got to pay for nothing, Jackie. <laughs> she got the freeze all day, all day. I have an event that I would like to add to the Pro Bowl week. Okay, what is it? So you have about, what, five quarterbacks from each division that yeah, usually right. go. Mm -hmm. So each one of those quarterbacks gets to pick one receiver from each division, and then you get to pick a DB, anyone you want. So now you have three players. You have a quarterback, a wide receiver, and a DB on your team. Mm -hmm. Now you do one-on-ones. So your quarterback and wide receiver will go against another team, mm -hmm. and they throw out their DB against your wide receiver, and you play 10 passes. Mm -hmm. you know, if the receiver catches how so many, you get points. The DB catches it or knocks it down as a point. If he intercepts it, it's a two. Mm -hmm. And you keep a, a, a point track like that. And then you, you know, you then 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 you flip it, and your DB goes on the field and plays their receiver. Yeah, and do like a little tournament like that. Mm -hmm. I like that, man. So I like, like, that. like so a one-on-one -on -one drill, just yeah. a quarterback and the receiver. So like Dax, so Dax, a quarterback in the Pro Bowl, mm -hmm. he picks a wide receiver, so he could pick like like Thielen or Diggs or whoever, and yeah. then his his corner could be uh, who's in the NFC. What's this? I trying to think of uh, Talib, even though he's in the Super Bowl. I'm just trying yeah. to name Rhodes, Xavier Rhodes. Rhodes. Yeah, you know, and just mm -hmm. make a random team like that, mm -hmm. and then you guys play. Yeah. That'd I think I awesome. think that would be interesting to see. That'd be and, awesome. And, and you shorten the field. Maybe you go from like the hash to the sideline, mm -hmm. so you're not all over the place. You know, but yeah. make make it a little tougher. Yeah. I I, I, I think that would be so cool to watch. It would be cool, and I, I feel like those things, like NFL weekend, I mean uh, NBA weekend, where it's so big, the weekend of the dunk contest, the three point contest, the you know the two ball, if that's even called that anymore, you know, just all the events, right? But particularly the three point and the dunk contest. They should highlight this weekend with these guys way more and make it about that. You know what I'm saying? So that the game really doesn't need to be the forefront of the weekend. It's the activities and the skills that these guys possess, man. It, it would be so cool to see that change. But 
Yeah, and then you could have like a like a lineman versus D, uh, D line, some yeah, type of yeah. drill they could think up. You know, like yeah, they gotta grab, the, they gotta get around the dude to grab the dummy. You know, or yeah, hit the dummy down. Have or like two like guys on the line against two D linemen. You start a timer. You know, as quick as you get to that team, you mm-hmm. keep that time, and your next group goes. And yeah. whoever has the shortest amount of or the the best time or whatever maybe mm-hmm. wins. You know, yeah, they have to man. highlight these players more during that weekend. I agree. They I should agree. make it more like the NBA because mm-hmm. the game isn't that exciting. No. So make those events exciting leading into the game, and right. the game's like a bonus yeah. if you keep the if you keep the if game. you keep the game. So also this week, uh, I know Frank's gonna like this. Mm-hmm. The MLB picked the Hall of Fame. Okay. The the four guys to get in. Here we go. For, um, Roy Holiday. Okay. Got in this year. Pitcher for the Phillies, right? Long yep. time pitcher for the Phillies. Mike Mussina. Long time. I mean, he pitched. He used to play for the, the Orioles. Met, the Orioles and the Mets for a little while, right? Yankees. Yankees. Oh, Yankees. I'm he sorry. Was a Yankees. Yankees. Yes. Edgar Martinez. Oh, uh, Mariner. Seattle Mariner. Yep. Years. And then Mari- Mariano Rivera. Oh. First player to ever be unanimous and uh, unanimously voted. Selected. Yep. Into, into Cooper the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yep. that's all. That's all day. You want to hear that his guy stats? Shouldn't wait a millisecond. They should just give him the coat when he retired. But he got every single vote. Every, yeah, no, he's the only yeah, player. They should already put the coat on him as soon as he was done. <laughs> Took a uniform off, coat on. See you later. You don't got to wait for nothing. His career stats: He was eighty-two and sixty with a two-point-two-one ERA, wow. six hundred and fifty-two saves. Mm-hmm. Postseason, right? He was eight and one mm-hmm. with a point-seven-zero right. ERA. With 42 saves in the postseason. Goodness gracious. He's first all-time in saves, mm-hmm. first in postseason saves, and first in postseason, postseason ERA. That's and he played, well, he pitched in 96 postseason games. Unbelievable. Pay, how do you feel about the Yankees? Uh, great. <laughs> Pay, I got a question for you, Pay. It's Peyton's birthday, right? How old are you? Five. Well, yesterday was your birthday? Mm-hmm. All right, listen. You can say this out loud, Okay. Who bought you your favorite, most awesome gift ever for your birthday? You. Yes. Tell everybody. Tell everybody what me and Rennie bought you. A unicorn. What does a unicorn do? Poop out slime. What? <laughs> and what's the what unicorn did you get that you really wanted? Whoopsie doodle. That is awesome. That is absolutely awesome. And you want to hear what I turned into? What? A witch. For real? You turned into a witch. My face is all green. What? And what else? And nothing really else. Okay. Here's to hoping that my daughter turns back into a person before. Yeah, definitely. The end of the night. Go get dressed, girl. <laughs> Go get dressed. Peyton Gilly, my daughter, and also longtime Falcon fan. Poopsie surprise, baby. No, really, <laughs> she's a cowboy fan, but that's okay. <laughs> Yo, be it Mariano Rivera, man, unbelievable career, absolutely unbelievable. The other guy that really stands out on that list, at least for me, is Edgar Martinez because that was like the that was the era I was watching baseball, and he would he was so good for the Seattle Mariners. He they would they would play the Yanks all the time, man, and me hanging out with John and Rudy, Yankee fans to the core, like Frankie. And, like, they just got to watch every game from the jump to the end, particularly Rudy. And Edgar Martinez, man, whether it be during the year, in the playoffs, guy was unbelievable of a player. Great hitter. Absolutely great hitter. I got some Mariano stats from uh, EliteSportsNY.com. I, I just went over those. But you could oh, okay. give the, uh, the ones on the bottom. Shout out to EliteSportsNY.com. Yeah, yeah. The World yeah. Series stuff. 
Yeah, yeah. I gave the ones above that. You could give the rest. Okay, so first all-time you did that? Yep, I did that. So the worst is World Series games. Oh, World Series games. 24 World Series Mm. games, five-time World Series champ, Mm. three-time All-Star, four-time Cy Young, and two top 10 MVP. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The guy was consistently, ridiculously so good. Absolutely just like what New York baseball needed was a guy to come in, shut it down, get the stadium rocking, and then everybody go about their business for the rest of the day or the night or whatever they were doing, man. Unreal. Five chips. Five baseball championships is hard to get as a player. They don't baseball championships are ridiculously hard as every every sport is. I get it. But you played a billion games to get to that point. That by that point, whoever you have left, it's unbelievable to have that consistency to win of 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 a core to win that many games, especially in that era that they were doing it, you yeah. know? Uh, the stat that, that shocked me was the four times in the top three being uh in, in the Cy Young finishing. Mm-hmm. How hard is it you think it is for a closer? to be in a conversation of the Cy Young Award, which usually goes to a starter. That stuck out right there when he said that. I was like, wow, really? He was even up for that? Yeah. Top three, four times. That's crazy. As a closer. That's absolutely crazy. I mean, you're you're only coming in the game for one inning. Right. Two tops. Right. Which he he rarely did. You know, they didn't really do that. I feel like Mm -hmm. that's something new that baseball is doing now is putting their closer in for the last two innings. You know, he was just... Mm -hmm. That he, last inning he guy. would sometimes, and and watching Mariano step out on the field, you knew the game was over. Mm-hmm. It's like Peyton, It's like uh, Tom Brady getting the ball with two minutes left. You and know? I ble- it's like, all right, well, we won this game. You might as well turn it off. Yeah, because they're not scoring. No, I wish I I wish I had the stats of how many blown saves he did have, which I don't really care about because the guy was great. Mm-hmm. But I also believe his last episode was episode forty two. I believe he was the last active player. To wear the number 42. Yes, he was. Yeah, that's crazy. Right, because we talked about that last week, how that number is absolutely retired across. He was grandfathered in for for the greatness that he already was, you know, putting forth. He represented 42 well. Oh, to the heart. So this week also, I think yesterday, Mm. they announced uh, NBA starters. Okay, for the All-Star game. For the All-Star game. Mm. So for the West, you got LeBron James. Right. James Harden. Kevin Durant. Wait, wait, hold on. Oh, LeBron is in the West now. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Kevin, okay. Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. Paul George, Steph Curry. East, you got Greek the Freak, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, Kimball Walker, and Joel Embiid. Now, the captains are LeBron James and, and uh, Greek the Freak. Okay. So, I, I these are the starters for the West and East, the ones that got voted in. But now the captains get to pick their teams. That's the oh, new rule. Okay, okay. It's not West versus East anymore. Okay. So they get they, they pick the starters, and then they get to pick their teams from those starters. And then they had the reserves, so they finish out their team. So they get to choose who makes the All-Star game? No, no, no. They get to choose their teams. Now they pick from the rest of the guys who made it, and they get to pick who's on their team? They pick from here. Like These are yeah. just the stars. So like, like uh, LeBron James could pick Kyrie Irving. On his team as the first pick, even oh, though he's on those the guys are just going to be the starters. Those are the starters, okay. yes. And then they pick the other guys right. that on the, the reserve guys to right. come in. And the, the reserve, the, all the everyone that's named that's playing, everyone that's playing in the game is named already. Yeah, I have okay. the I have the full list here, but those yeah. were just the starters. All so right. my first question. Well, let's 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 go here. Let's I'm make gonna, a squad. I'm are we back, making a squad. We're to make a squad, but I'm backtracking okay. real right. quick. Okay. 
I asked this on Instagram, and it was I got a 50-50 response. Some said yes, 50% yes, 50% said no. Mm-hmm. Should LeBron James be a, oh, a starter in the West? Yeah, yes. Even though he hasn't played since Christmas. Yeah, that's right. He played all the games leading up to Christmas. Christmas is only a month away, you know? He only missed, like, probably 10 games or so, right? He he deserves that, 100%. Frank, you got any input on that? Or? Yeah, I mean, he. I, I want my All-Stars to be the best people playing in the NBA, and mm-hmm. you're crazy if you think LeBron James isn't one of them, right? Yeah, yeah. He, and he 100% so. deserves to be the captain. He represents the league, too, you know? like You think he, he deserves to be the captain? I don't yeah, think he deserves to be the I captain. I don't think so, Who either. Who deserves to be the captain? I think James Harden should be the captain of the West. From what he's been doing, 22 straight games at 30-plus points. Mm-hmm. I mean, just... From what, what was he doing in the whole beginning of the year up to these 22 games, though? Not much, right? But, but So LeBron's got to be recognized for what he did from jump and where he had the Lakers from the jump to there. And LeBron's having consistently a great year, He's been out for a too. month. James Harden mm-hmm. is carrying the NBA right now, basically. He is— Yeah, well, we're living in he, the moment, though. We're living in the exactly, moment. we got to give but, the guy credit for what he did leading up to when before he went out, though, right? i got I got a hard stat for you. You think Kyrie Irving is, a, is an elite player, right? In absolutely. The, in the NBA. Absolutely. Do you know that Harden has more points since December since December third than Kyrie Irving has all year long? Yeah, it's a listen, and he the way he does it though is totally different. The guy has these games with like no assists. Like he has 60, most of them are no assists. Sixty points, fifty points, thirty points, no assists. But you're scoring, you're scoring. That's fine. That's fine. But when when and, and I f- that stat is like one is is great and th- those are the stats that like make me mad because they're like they're just trying to prove that one guy's better than another but that ain't th- that's not what's happening at all you know what i'm saying i mean that's like that's 20 less games he has more points than than Kyrie Kyrie Irving has 985 points in 42 games James Harden has 1014 points in 25 games yeah, he listen, the, but you you got to look at Harden's position and what he needs to do in the games to have his team win compared to what Kyrie da, has to do in the game to have his team win. Ky, if Kyrie could shoot as many times as Harden could, he'd have just as many points. If he was able to play in that flow of the game, Harden, there's no he just comes down and shoots. He don't no one regulates him. He has to score a billion points. For his team to win. So he has to do that. If Kyrie had to do that, he would have the same amount of points, I believe. He is doing it, though. I mean, the Rockets are winning, right? And he's putting yeah. up these ridiculous yeah. points. But he so. has to. Like, he has to shoot 50 times a game. But that doesn't mean, like, you could put someone else there. That doesn't mean that they're going to do that. You know, at the end of the day, you have to execute that. Right. But if, and I'm saying, if given the opportunity, if Kyrie, if they switch teams, Harden wouldn't have that many points because he'd have other guys who he needs to get in the flow of the game who play and, and, and are better. And if Kyrie was with the Rockets, he had to put up that amount of points. He would. He, if he given that many shots, he would do the same amount of things. Listen, I love James Harden. I'm a fan of him. But the more I watch it and the way I see he gets his points is like, of course he's going to get them. He's jacking up a billion shots a game, and he's an elite scorer in the, in, the, in the NBA. Unbelievably talented. He gets it in so many ways, but he gets it, like, by shooting the ball like crazy. You're going to get those points. You shoot the ball 50 times, and you're an NBA player, you're going to get 60 not, points. Not everybody. 
everybody. All, no, no, of course not. The elite guys, though. Kyrie, James Harden, uh, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry. I, I was watching the Warriors the other day. If Steph Curry, if Steph Curry was traded to the Knicks, the Knicks would be in contention in the East. Yeah. Because he'd have to shoot the ball 50 times a game in order for them to win, and he'd shoot the ball, he'd score a billion points, and he'd win enough games to get him in that spot where they could. These guys are elite, elite scorers. So given the opportunity, they're going to score. The top guys, obviously. All right, well, we are going to draft teams. I'm going to let you and Frank do it. Okay. So who wants to be LeBron? I'll let you be LeBron. Thank you're, God. You're, you're Greek to freak. <laughs> so you get to pick your team. So I can, obviously once he picks the guy, I can't pick him. Yes. And I'd love to see so, who it is there. Is that it right there? You got it on there? Oh, that's it. So I can only pick from the starters. Yep, just to start. Let's make okay. your, your starting five. I'll let Frank go first. You, pick, you got I, the first pick, Frank. I just want to say something before Frankie picks. LeBron James this year, this year, 27 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists. I'm not saying LeBron didn't do good. I just feel like going into All Star Weekend mm-hmm. yeah, and Harden is averaging 50 points. Yeah, it's fine. I, I just feel like you have Look to ride that stats. moment. You have to ride where's that moment. Where's his rebounds? And, and where's his assists? But, but my man almost got a triple double. He's almost averaging a triple double. LeBron James, right? I just, I, I personally just feel like you have to ride who's playing well right now. And you're telling me, you're telling me that James Harden isn't having an MVP. He's having Season a great right year. He's having a great year, and he's turning it on. He's, it's, it's awesome to watch. I'm just answering the question of the fact of, like, do I think that it's okay for LeBron to be the captain of the West? And, I yes, I agree. I get what you're saying, too. Yeah. He, he's a face NBA. You kind of have to put him and there. He's, and he's doing his thing. It was just a question. All right, here we go. All right, so we're, yeah. we're going to pick the All-Star Bro, After I win this and my guys have more points than your guys, we have to— Buy the other guy an egg sandwich. You could have bought me an egg sandwich today, dog. I wasn't over there. I was in Digman's. I would have took a, any kind of egg sandwich. Yeah, I know. I know I'm discriminating egg sandwich. <laughs> but what justifies you getting an egg sandwich is what I'm saying. I set up the podcast. All right, that's right. Okay. All right, let's pick the teams. I owe you one. <laughs> I owe you one. Hopefully, I don't owe you two. All right, Frank, you're up first. All right, so I already get LeBron James. You're, you and, are LeBron James. So okay, you perfect. Had, and he's Greek to freak. I don't have my glasses on, Rich, so I can't really see that. I'm going James Harden. He's Dang. going James Harden, number one. Take, can I look? At, can I sneak over here and take a look? So we're just going on points scored. No, just pick your team. Well, the team he's you want. He's looking to beat my team. Are we going on points scored? Like who on this our team scored work, the most, most yeah, points? Yeah, this, the guys we got. We have to. Oh, so you're gonna like tally up the points at the end of the game? Whoever has the most points yeah, all wins. together. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, I'll take Kyrie. <laughs> All right, so I'll go Steph then. All right, I'll take Durant. I'm going to go Kimba Walker. Dang, I wish I could have got him. I'll go um, Kawhi Leonard. Paul George. And that's it, right, Rich? And you got Embiid. That's fine. Nice. Which I didn't want. <laughs> Here's the funny part. Which one of y'all remember your team? I do. Oh, no. I remember him. I got LeBron. I got Kyrie. <laughs> I got Durant. I got... Um, Kawhi Leonard and Embiid with snakes. All right. and, so we'll, I got, and I got the other guys. Yeah. We'll, we'll write this down later. Yeah, on. I got it. I got we'll, it. we'll keep track of this. Yeah, let me tell you something. I watched last night. I watched Kawhi Leonard play last night. He, he held. He, he was doing good on. Oh, uh, he is so good. He is so good. He can score any way he wants to. He's one hundred percent a top five player in the NBA. 
easily top five player in the NBA. He could do everything. Shoots efficiently, can back guys down, can can face up. He could do everything and everything, everything, man. That guy is so good. So the next thing I want to talk about, and I think I just give the mic to you, Mike. It was your idea. I think you'll be able to explain it better than me. The one-on-one tournament okay. with the greats. All right. So before I get into that, I just seen this 2019 NBA draft rankings. So these are the college kids that are at the top of the list that, you know, I'm interested in this because the Knicks stink and the Knicks are low, so they're going to get maybe get one of these guys, possibly. But obviously Zion Williams and R.J. Barrett are two guys at the top, right, of everyone's list. And also the other kid is Cam Reddish. Another three Duke guys are at the top there. But there's this other kid that I want more people to know about, and hopefully they do, from Murray State. I believe his name is, forgive me if I pronounce this wrong, Ja Morant, something like that. His name is Ja Morant. The guy is unbelievably good. He's super athletic. He plays point guard. Right now, he in 2018-2019, in 18 games, he's averaging 24 points, 5 rebounds, and 10 assists. The guy is a highlight reel of a player. He's so good, and he's moving up those charts quick. Zion Williams, R.J. Barrett, everyone says the consensus, consensus one or two pick, right? My bold prediction is that this guy, Ja Morant, finishes the year so well that he projects himself to be the number one pick. Wow. He I'm jumps both into those guys. Ja Morant, un. Believable can do everything, so that's wanted to give him a minor shout out before I went into this breakdown. Um, okay, so you know I'm contemplating football season's over. We're gonna move more into basketball talking on this podcast. Always, you know, never leave football out. UFC will be there, baseball and everything else sprinkled in. Um, so I wanted to do this. I wanted to. Everyone always debates like best basketball player ever, right? We send a poll out on Instagram. Not many people jump in. So I don't want to hear people's opinions then when we start picking these guys and end up who it is. Because I'm asking everybody to jump in. Just tell me who your top five NBA players are. The most consistent person out of all of them was our boy Ryan, my brother-in-law, who came on the show, right? He told you guys, you have his guys who are on there. So I want to shout him in a couple seconds. What we're going to do is we're asking everybody to just tell us your top five players so we can compose a list. We're going to put those guys' names on pieces of paper, put them in a hat, and pull out of the hat. Whatever 16 guys we get, right? Hopefully, MJ, Kobe, LeBron, obviously those consensus guys that everybody always says are going to get pulled out of the hat. And those guys are just going to get a buy-in. That's what we're going to say. So the best 16 guys who we can come up with a list, we're going to put them in a bracket, kind of like the final, you know, the, the MCA March Madness. 16 guys, the Sweet 16 and we're going to get them down to who we think is the best player. But we're going to look at it from a one-on-one perspective. Who would win on a one-on-one game? You know what I'm In saying? their prime. In their prime, right. Not where they're at now. One-on-one game. So we're going to pick 16 players out of a hat. LeBron, Kobe, and Mike get the pass. They're already, into the, they're already in. The rest of the guys we'll pick out of a hat. We'll put them on a bracket. We'll put it on YouTube, picking us out of the hat. We're going to do that as well so everyone can get it front and center. There's no, uh, you know, these guys at the respect of chat, you know, picking out just the guys they want. We'll do it live in living color. And um, then we'll just week by week poll people. Whoever wants to answer, great. We'll answer too. And then we'll go on from there and see what we get. Yeah, we're basically going to let the audience 
dictate who yeah. wins. Yeah. So I'll post a picture on mm-hmm. Instagram of the two of, of the matchup for that day. Right. And then who, who whoever wins, right, the vote is going to be the person to move on. Move on to the next. So round. we could see some crazy results yeah. here. No, I'm excited about. So it. I'm interested to see how it goes. Listen, shout out to the people out there. How many how many um, downloads we get, Frank? Do you know? Do you have an update on that? It's like it was just it was like two thousand something total. All right, two thousand downloads and about how many people are listening? Is that is that breakdown to that? Is that two thousand nah, people? This tells us that two thousand listens we have. Right. So whoever's out there and listen to us, one I want to say greatly, greatly appreciate it. Definitely. My boy Greg Cuff hit me up, man, this week. He listens to us. Shout out Group Home Greg. He is the man. Thank you so much for this. Bre- busting my chops about my hate on the Sixers. Chris Brown, you know, um, uh, the, the guys from the Telcon crew. My boy Josh Holliker, he's listening. Um, the guys at the middle school, Carl and and, and John and and and, Aunt and 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 all those guys too. I love you guys for listening to everyone that listens. If I forgot your name right now, all our cousins and family members and friends and relatives, people we work with, thank you for listening. But check us out, man. Check us out. Maybe we'll even post it on Facebook. Maybe we can get more people on there, Rich. Yeah. I don't know, but we'll, I, we'll I, figure I could put it, it out. On both It'll be something media. cool to do, you know? Yeah. Don't you agree? I'm interested to see how it goes. Okay. What are you gonna give me? You gonna give me Ryan's? I could give you the list that Ryan gave me. What did he I, say? I actually asked him to give me sixteen players. Okay. And he, he got back to me. Let's hear what he said. And uh, now how my my brother in law is twenty one. And you could tell so where his he perspective goes at. on those guys. That's why I want everyone to jump in because you want to get guys. Listen, I don't think we should do guys as far as like guys we never seen play before, like Will and Pistol Pete. Like I never seen those guys play. So to determine a one on one with those guys would be like I don't know, you know, not exciting. Like I, I feel like the people who are listening to our show are in our age range. Shout out to Carl. Your age range, right? Shout out to Carl, man. I know he's a little older, and I love you, Carl, to death. And I know you're going to give me an opinion on this. <laughs> I know you're going to say, how come this guy and that guy and that guy? But, but work with me. Work with me, Carl. Go ahead. Hey, Ryan, we can ask his, uh, his right, opinion. I want to know his opinion, it, too. I'm going to actually text him and see what so he says. This is what Ryan got back to me with. He said, LeBron, okay. Magic, Bird, Carmelo, Giannis, KD, Oscar Robertson, Russell Westbrook, Joel Embiid, James Harden, Steph Curry, Tracy McGrady, Shaq, Dr. J, Jordan, Allen Iverson. That's his list. Do you have Kobe on there? Kobe's on there. Okay. You agree with Carmelo? He doesn't have Kobe on there, but I'm sure he meant to put him on there somewhere. There's a couple. Embiid I wouldn't put on there. (laughs) Um, Carmelo, I love Carmelo. Number one fan, I wouldn't put him on there. Not top 16 ever. Um, If you're going to have T-Mac on there, though, I feel like like Carmelo has an argument. For why he should be when on he there. Was with the, when he was with the, the with Nuggets. The Nuggets, he's playing absolutely phenomenal of a player. Um, even with the Knicks, the amount of points he scored and things he did there, the wins. We're not looking at wins. We're looking at like just elite players. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, and But everybody else, man, I pretty much agree with who we got on there. The Dr. J one is like, well, that's one of the guys I would like to leave out just because. All the Sixers, huh? Yeah, definitely. I mean, not, <laughs> not, no, no, not Iverson. Iverson, he hey, did, and it. it's funny he didn't name Iverson. He did. He did. Oh, he yeah, did. Okay. okay. He was the last guy he said. Okay. He, he did leave Kobe out, but I, I'm I'm sure he meant to put him on there. He, yeah, yeah. He was just thinking this on the go. Right. Another person who I personally text was uh, my cousin Al. Okay. Uh, he got back Al. to me. He he didn't give me 16, but he gave me eight guys. He went a little older. Mm-hmm. He went with Wilt, okay. Pistol Pete, yeah. Magic, Bird, Jordan, Kobe, LeBron, Curry, and Shaq. Okay. 
So we got we got some that are, are about the we got same. A good range. How do you guys feel about throwing the older guys in? It, it, it not obviously this is not just up to me. Do you think we should have Will and Pistol Pete and those guys in? I mean, I mean, if we're talking about all time greats, mm-hmm. I feel like they have to be in. Okay, all right. And and it'd be right. interesting if you had like if we had a crazy matchup, mm-hmm. but it's it's. I mean, we're letting the fans vote, but like, what happens if like Cham- Will Chamberlain goes or Shaq goes against Curry? You know, like right. that's a matchup. Yeah, I think Curry beats Shaq at a one-on-one. You know, so that's how you got to look at like a one-on-one. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I'll give you my list: MJ, Kobe. This is just a quick list: MJ, Kobe, LeBron, Iverson, Durant, Curry, uh, Greek Freak, Penny Hardaway, Bird, Magic, Shaq, McGrady, Harden, Kyrie Irving, Jimmy Butler, Charles Barkley, Grant Hill. Those are just guys that I just came to my mind about who were so good, you know, that I've watched. Tim Hardaway could be in there, though. There's, like, Reggie Miller, you know what I'm saying? Guy is another guy. What about Isaiah Thomas out. from the— Yeah, yeah, Isaiah Thomas. From another the Pistons. Ridiculously good Pistons. player. Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen. You know, there's, there's Clyde Drexler, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of uh, Dominique Wilkins, the— we got to narrow it down to 16. Yeah. So work with us, people. We're going to try to get as many people. And then we're just going to pick out of a hat, and whoever ends up ends up in it, and uh, and then we go from there. So what do you think about this? Let's say we don't start this until after the Super Bowl. We That's try to fine. get more people to interact with us. I'll keep on posting it, try to get more responses, mm-hmm. and then we could kind of judge from there who, yeah. like the guys that we're getting a lot, you know, people are picking the same guys, and mm-hmm. we'll go from there. So we'll give a two-week period. Okay. Well, basically another week. To try to get more people to interact, and then we'll try to get the list going, and we'll do this after Super Bowl. We'll start this tournament. Yeah, the more the better. The more people that interact, the better. I'm extremely happy about doing something like this. I'm excited to see where it goes. Me and, too. And let's go. Let, let, let's get at it. And the fun part is just leaving it into our audience hands yeah. on on this vote. So like we don't really. So we'll actually be able to 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 uh, you know. Go over the results. Right. You know, like, wow, like, you know, audience picked mm-hmm. this guy beating this guy. Do you I know. agree? I agree. So it's, it's going to be something good to talk about. Right. And interesting to see how it all uh, pans Davis, out. Anthony Davis, another guy in there. Yeah. That's got, you know, so it's going to be cool. It's going to be very cool. What we got coming up here? How are we doing on time? I think well, we're just about done, right? Yeah. Right. Well, I, I just want to go over the, the two the UFC fights from last week. Okay. I just want to go over the TJ Dillashaw and Henry Cejudo mm-hmm. matchup. Mm-hmm. I want to say something right before that. I just took one screenshot. I wanted to get you guys' opinion on it. It was Shannon Sharp said, Harden is in that Kobe slash Jordan discussion because of all these guys, because all these guys are volume shooters. Now, the guy that gets overlooked because he's not a volume shooter, but he's way more efficient is LeBron. LeBron is overlooked? Come on, man. Come on, man, is exactly. Like, could we stop with that, please? He's not overlooked. He's consensusly the best player in the NBA. Everyone says that. And if they don't, they're a little, there's something maybe a little screw loose with I you, mean, basketball he's one or wise. two on everybody's list. Easily. All time. Yeah. So All time. We're so, overlooking him, huh? So is he compi- saying, is he saying volume-wise, Kobe, Harden, and Mike, a volume Shooters. You think Michael Jordan was a volume shooter? Totally. I agree with you. I disagree. I don't think okay. Michael Jordan's a volume shooter. And I also don't think Kobe is a volume shooter either. I think James Harden is in another class by himself. He's a, absolutely a volume shooter. But Mike and Kobe is, are meticulous shooters. They're shooters in the flow of the game. They're, they're, they're dominant 
scorers when they need to be or whenever they want to be. they were great for so long, even into their later years, because they, they switched up how they played the game. Right. And whatever way they played the game, they played it at the highest possible level. Yeah. So that's just not fair to say. Right. And LeBron's not overlooked. He's one of the greatest players ever. Yeah. So I just seen that, and I was like, man, I don't agree with this whatsoever. Before we go to UFC, just really quick, mm-hmm. Aaron Pico fights tonight. Um, that's a great one to watch. Oh, yeah. Uh, I watched an interview that Brandon Schaub did with um, Freddie Roach, and he was saying that Aaron Pico, he was training him even in his teenage years. And yeah, he was. When Aaron Pico was around 16 years old, he was Miguel Cotto's primary sparring partner when Miguel Cotto was at his best. And he said he used to win rounds against Cotto as a teenager. Mm -hmm. Freddie Roach also said that if Aaron Pico decided to go into boxing right now, he'd be a world champion within a month. So we're experiencing greatness there. So anybody that has a chance to watch Bellator tonight, watch that and uh, check him out. Shout out to your man again. Who was your man that put that, that 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 shouted this guy out years couple years ago? You. Okay, I'm just checking. Yo, this kid, man, <laughs> was such a, an elite high school wrestler, Aaron Pico, that he I maybe wrestled for his high school for one or two years and then he stopped and he just joined like the Olympic team and was just a wrestling for them in world championships and stuff like that. A- as he was doing that, he was boxing. He was doing jujitsu. He was doing all of that stuff. So he's been doing this for a while now, man. So he's like very sharp at a lot of things he does, and he's a and he's an avid horseman. I don't know if that's what you call them, but a person who owns a horse and rides it and takes care of it. A horseman. Huh? I would go horseman. Okay. I don't know exactly. I would have went cowboy, but all right. Definitely yeah, cowboy. Okay, but he's not really on the ranch, and he ain't doing all that or whatnot. You can't have a horse on a ranch. I wanted to get. You can't have my, a horse without a ranch, dog. He don't own it, but you got no. You can have a horse, but like you just keep <laughs> him at the stable there. You can't own the whole ranch. I wanted to give my inspirational quote. I don't know who, who I got it from. Earl Thomas, Earl Thomas, the uh, the safety there. He and and it's from Martin Luther King. Faith is taking the first step when you don't see the whole staircase. Shout out to Martin Luther. I know a couple weeks ago was the Martin Luther King episode there that we shouted him out too. Right? Didn't we mention that or so? Or was that the Jackie Robinson? Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson. And then but this that was past on Martin Monday. Luther King Day? Yes. Okay. We we filmed that right around that yeah, time. Yeah, yep. that right around the time. Shout out to Martin Luther King. I will great. Let's get into UFC. Mm-hmm. I I mean, another controversial decision. Yeah. I mean, uh, TJ Dillashaw ended up losing to Cejudo in mm-hmm. the first round by getting uh, TKO. Uh, he was making an argument that he wasn't out. Uh, you know, Dana White even came out and said that ref made a bad call with calling the fight, um, going back to, you know, these refs have to know the situation and the build up to these fights or, or any situation. And, you know, um, so what do you guys think? Do you think he called that too early? Do you think, you know, Dillashaw was kind of down and out and he, he, he made the right call? What's your opinion? Mm-hmm. This is the last thing we're talking about, right? It's just UFC. Yeah. Okay. So I don't, cause I don't want to take up. And <laughs> <laughs> you can go on forever with this. this, right? You know, like, to me, is the magnitude of the fight. The ref has to know the magnitude of the fight. The shot that he got hit with against Garbrandt, if that didn't put him out and he was able to recover from that, was way more cleaner and crisper of a shot. 
um, then this shot that he slipped and was on the floor and then got hit with something. Did it did it bang him up a little bit? Yeah, I think so. But it didn't put him out and it didn't shouldn't have ended the fight. A fight like that and a cut like that that he had to make to get to that point, the ref has to take all that into consideration and the magnitude of the fight and what TJ Gillishaw had to do to get there. His training that had he had to do to get there. You have to give that guy a chance to at least recover. Right, and I'm not saying he's got to brutally knock him out for you to stop it, but it has to be way more clearer than that. I agree. I couldn't agree more to that. To me, T.J. Dillashaw didn't win, didn't lose the fight, and to me, Henry Cejudo didn't win the fight. That fight now is going to happen at a different weight class. It's not going to happen at the at Bantam at uh flyweight flyweight again. If it happens, it's going to happen at Bantamweight, and I don't really know if I want to see it. To be honest with you, I'd rather see TJ fight somebody else. I think they agreed on that fight, 135 already, over the last couple of days. Well, whatever it may be. I I agree and I disagree. I think think the ref should have waited longer. Mm -hmm. I think that either way, TJ would have been stopped. I think the punches were coming so fast that if you let it go on 10 more seconds, he was just going to get hit with more shots. Just the, the positioning that he was in. Um, I think at a certain point you need to know your fighter though as a ref and, and TJ's came back from worse situations like you said mm-hmm. so you have to take that into account but at the end of the day the ref has his, his primary job is to keep both people in that octagon safe right it's, it's not to take into account the training camp and this or that it, it's to keep them safe and, and stop the, the fight at a point where no one's going to take on uh, sustainable damage right and and he, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure most refs take that obligation very seriously. So if he thought he seen TJ's eyes roll in the back of his head or something like that, he's gonna stop the fight, and that's just the way it is sometimes. I get that, and I understand that they gotta look out for the well-being of the fighter. It just to me look, clearly looked like it didn't need to be. You've been doing this for years now. Like you clearly know when a guy is hurt and when a guy he's now he's going to recover and he's grabbing legs to try to recover. You gotta let these guys recover too. You know what I'm saying? He's just bl- like, okay, he get, took a shot. Okay, he's done. You know what I'm saying? No good. It it it, it was terrible for it to be built up to to come down like that. Man, I was uh, I I had a little bit of like an attitude after that. I agree. <laughs> I was could, I was uh, disappointed. Another another that. thing that came out from these past fight was the the tweet, the Conor McGregor tweet after the Donald yeah, Cerrone man. win. Cowboy looked great, by the way. Yeah, Conor did. McGregor tweeted. He said, with a win like that, I'll fight you. I don't know the exact words, but that's basically right. what it was. And the background of that is is that Cerrone, after the last fight, was saying that he wanted to fight Conor, that there was some type of agreement from Maurice Cerrone's end. He was waiting for him to sign his deal or for Dana to start making it a thing. Dana was saying, nah, it ain't really a thing. So that was lingering around. And I, that's a fight that I, after I listened to the last episode when I, we were making our – fights we want to see i was that was another that's a guy when i heard that fight when cerrone talked about it i was like dang i would want i want to see that fight you know what i'm saying and i'm happy and i hope it goes down and i hope it happens quickly that they agree to it so we can get this rolling man great fight for both for, yeah. for both of them great I fight for connor fight. great fight for cowboy love you think you think that fights in the near future you think it actually goes through yeah i think yes. it goes through 100 percent. i think because, so too because connor needs to fight people who are worth him fighting from a uh, perspective of like the fan, the fans want to see. He ain't gonna just fight somebody to fight somebody. You know what I'm saying? He's gonna fight somebody who the fans want to see, who he sees as a challenge, who could generate enough buzz to hold their end of the fight. 
because Conor needs to just tweet, and then everyone is a billion people are ready to see the fight. And that's what's happened. And that's what happened, and we're ready to rock and roll, man. Uh, the same night, there was a boxing match. Pacquiao beat uh, Adrian, Adrian Broner. Broner. Yeah. Uh, after that fight, the same thing went down. Uh, they're interviewing Pacquiao in the ring, and mm-hmm. Mayweather was there, and they asked Pacquiao, will you fight Mayweather again? He said, I'll fight. Mm-hmm. And then they on the, the, the what's the thing, the... the the screen, the screen yeah, at, at the stadium, they put it on Mayweather, and the, and the announcer in the ring's like, May, Mayweather, just give us a head nod or something if you'll fight Pacquiao again. Like, they were trying to get this fight made right there. Yeah. Meanwhile, the other guy still in the ring that Pacquiao just beat, who was was angry with the decision. He thinks he beat Pacquiao. He thinks the boxing mm-hmm. rigged this whole thing to get the hype for the Pacquiao-Mayweather fight, how mm-hmm. they set it up at the end of the match. Yeah. So do you think the Pacquiao-Mayweather fight happens again? I think it does. I think I've seen, I seen a picture of them, too. I don't know if it was old. I hope it was. I hope it was new. It, they were at the Lakers, Lakers game, game. Yeah. and you see when he tapped him on the shoulder and he and he yeah. like tapped him back. It was kind of like, yo, I'm trying to make this money. You're trying to make this money. Let's do it. Let's fight again. I, I think, think it, it happens. happens. I do, too. I'd love to see it happen. Yeah, I think that's Pacquiao's last fight. Yeah, I think both guys will be done. I think Mayweather will have then enough money that he could do whatever he wants, and then he doesn't have to fight anymore ever again. I think both those guys close out their career against each other. Can we figure out the $75 for a boxing match, though? Yeah, no, I got no, t- I got no I time for that. I can't do it. I got no time for that. And Adrian Broner, congratulations. You got blessed with a paycheck, too. Just go home, bro. You lost. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, but you didn't win that fight. Everyone knows you didn't win that fight. I mean, that's pretty much all I got. Do you guys right. have any screenshots you want to shout out? No, that was my only screenshot that I said before was there. You, you got know? any screenshots, Frank? I think we're pretty good. I, did you know that the the Vegas is taking odds on Stephen A. Smith versus <laughs> yeah. David Carr? Yeah, I saw that. For a boxing match? That's ridiculous. That's, that was the only one I had. I thought that, that that gave me a good laugh this week. No obscure stat this week. I gave you it. What was it? Oh, that was the, it? The Sean McVay. Okay, okay. I just the one that w- you didn't believe. Yeah, I still, <laughs> no. I got no time for that. I have one screenshot. Leaving it off with the Super Bowl, there's only three teams to make it to three straight Super Bowls. The Miami Dolphins, the mm-hmm. Buffalo Bills, and now the New England Patriots, all from the uh, AFC, AFC East. East. Wow. Pretty crazy. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. So we'll wrap it up there. Episode 43, signing out.